What's up, guys? Welcome to the Safe Continue Podcast. My name is Ryan Robinson. This here is Tom Shelby. Hey, guys. Filling in for Shanae Howard this week is Kako Demon. Yeah. The demon with the most. <laughs> the demon with the screaming. Yeah. Uh, to- Actually, Thomas, this is really distracting. I have a- <laughs> I mean, you can take it down. <laughs> no, nah, he's good. I uh, thought it was funny. It is pretty funny. How are you, Tommy? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm tired. Yeah. Because we had a late night last night. Yeah. What did we do last night, Tommy? Uh, we played Erica. Yeah. The PlayStation 4 exclusive that was shadow dropped at Gamescom. Yeah. By one Jeffrey Keeley. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so it was about, uh, it was what, four of us, um, all playing this, uh, this FMV. Five of us. Was it five? Yeah, bro. Well, I'll be goddamned. It was. Uh, so we're all playing this, uh, FMV, uh, horror thriller, I guess you would call it. Yeah. Um, I had a good time. Yeah. It was fun. Well, I was say I, I, I believe that all, I, th- I feel like. In my experience, all FMV games are ripe for laughs. I like when you price a game accordingly. You know? Yeah. That game that feels like ten dollars well for spent. Ten dollars. Yeah. Is a lot of fun with a group of friends. Yeah. I'll probably never play it again. Yeah. The acting and writing was not great. No. But uh, it was still <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah. So um I mean, granted, it took some twists I didn't expect. Yeah, uh, but they, you know, overall, it was a, it was a, it was an enjoyably hilarious experience. And my favorite, I was talking to somebody the other day about how I enjoy things that aren't supposed to be funny but are funny, like mm-hmm. Erica. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of shit in that game that's obviously not supposed to be funny, but was like very funny to all of us. But you know, there were some gross out parts that actually like they got me a little bit. Like, like what? Like uh, the, the whole show me how. Like we won't oh, spoil yeah. that. Yeah. But, Shit. Oh, that's that's good. Shit. Uh, it's fine. It's, oh, I didn't get it on anything. Just keep keep rolling. I didn't Ryan. get it on keep anything rolling. important. I didn't get it on anything important. I spilled my Red Bull. For those of you who are listening to the audio only version of this show, my Red Bull tipped over. Tom is mitigating the emergency. I'm feeling it's feeling uh, really hard to uh, focus on anything else until this is resolved. The good thing is my bathroom is right here. Sure. We're in my bedroom. Yeah. You know, there's only there's only a few times, I think, when we've indicated that this is being recorded in a bedroom. Yeah, that we've broken the immersion. Yeah, that we that we've uh that we peeled the, that we peeled the curtain back. Yeah. Uh, this is not in fact a studio. No. Well, I mean, it depends on how you define a studio, right? Sure. Uh I mean, I guess by some definitions this is a studio. We're all right. Yeah, we're all right. We're Tom, all right. come to have that cleaned up, man. Tom, you are uh, you're you're really fast on the draw with that towel. But uh, yeah. So uh, what what would we say? It took us like two hours. Yeah, two hours. About two hours to finish that. And uh, I don't know. It was it it was fun making the choices. Although I feel like uh, I liked the group element of Hidden Agenda a bit better, though. I liked the all. I liked us all having an opportunity to participate. Like so, directly. like the biggest thing with Hidden Agenda is that like everybody's voice is heard. Whereas with a game like this, yeah, everybody's voice is heard, but ultimately Ryan enters the choice he's going to enter. Well, right? I just know I. Well, I guess <laughs> I mean I, no, you entered the choice that you thought was best suited for what everybody wanted. Yeah. Uh, but not everybody's always going to agree. Sure. 
you know, so you had to do the coin flip in your head. Sure. Right? Yeah. And then with Hidden Agenda, there's also the competitive element, if you want yeah. to call it that. Sure. Yeah. Um, overall, a good time. I I I want to do more FMV games. I feel like that's a really good group activity. I would like to get a group together because I've heard you say that <clears throat> Night Trap is a bad game. Uh-huh. And I don't think Night Trap's that bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty fun. Mm. I mean, bad and fun can, aren't yeah. mutually exclu- exclusive. Yeah. Uh, I like some bad. I like some. Uh, I like some things that are that some would consider bad. But what do you think is bad about Night Trap? Uh, I don't know. I guess it's just like I feel like honestly, all early FMV games are just bad. Uh, yeah. But I mean that doesn't. But that doesn't preclude me from having fun playing them, though. Yeah. I just, I just like you're. It's certainly not the only person that I've heard say that. Like, I've heard a lot of people say that Night Trap is a bad game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, have you played it? Do you understand how Night Trap works? Like, it's not bad. It's well, just, I mean, I, that's, that's, it's subjective, right? Like, yeah. I can understand how everything works and still think it's a bad game. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I think that any FMV game, like, I'm down to play it because, I mean, I have expect- I have certain expectations where FMV games are concerned, too. Uh and honestly, I expect a lot of, because a lot of them, I will say this, I haven't played an F, well, I guess in the year 2019, I've played a lot of FMV games lately. But in my experience, none of them have like particularly great writing, but at the same time, that's part of the fun to me. Like I like cheesy shit like that. Have you ever played Mega Race? No, I haven't played that one. Mega Race is an old PC game. If you bought a Packard Bell computer back in the day, it came with a lot of them. Uh... And it's a fun game. It's a car combat racing game. Okay, I like those. But all the cutscenes are FMV. You're on like this game show, like this mega race game mm. show. And all the FMV is just this really weird host guy talking at you, mm-hmm. you know? Talking about the wonderful prizes that you're going to win and all this and that, sure. right? And uh, that actor is phenomenal. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. Um, like he is creepy as shit, but like you can tell he's kind of supposed to be. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know how many. I'm sure a lot of people. I'm sure everybody knows this by now. But uh, the original endings for the first twist of metal were all FMV. Uh, you can find those online. They're actually kind of fun to watch. Okay. But uh, so I think about like Resident Evil FMV. Oh yeah, as. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was that's good stuff. There's uh, I've, one of the one thing that always stuck out to me, and I guess this is it's really hard to articulate this or or uh, or whatever. But there's a part where, like in the in that in that FMV cutscene where, uh, somebody the guy picks up the the gun that has the hand still attached oh, to yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and he's just like ah, and the camera stays on his face a little bit too long. Yeah, it's really funny to me. I like that shit. Sure. Uh, but I remember when I was a kid, I used to think all that shit was like, I was like, I thought it was the coolest thing. Well, I thought they had done it all with computers. <laughs> like, I thought those were the graphics. Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember Area 51. Yeah. And like, the, that guy that pops up at first. Yeah. And then I'm like, how do they all do that? Like Revolution X. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know. But I I I want I'm looking forward to playing more games like that because I I really I really like that. Yeah. But I, I just you know I would never play those games by myself. Like I can't see myself playing those games alone. Um. I will probably play Erica through once on my own, 
to make all the choices mine. Sure. And that's it. Yeah. And do I recommend you pick up Erica? No. Sure. Unless you have a group of friends to play it with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, um, but it's not like they were like, we're going to put this out $40. They're like 10 bucks. Mm, that's fine. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, what have you been playing, Tom? Honestly, not much. Uh, there is a game I've been playing that I've been meaning to bring up. I keep forgetting to. Hold on. I forgot exactly what it's called. It's called P1 Select. Okay. You heard of this? Mm-mm. Uh, so P1 Select, like Player 1 Select. It's sure. a mobile game. Uh, by this dude, I can't remember his name, but he's made a lot of mobile games that people seem to like. Um, so it's a dungeon crawler, right? It's like a turn-based dungeon crawler. Okay. And you've got two screens. On the bottom, you've got the dungeon from like an overhead perspective. And on the top, you've got a character select screen with nine different characters on it, right? Mm-hmm. And every time you move in the dungeon, the character select moves in the same direction you did, changing you to that character. Oh. So you've got to move through the dungeon and get past enemies all while keeping track of what character you're going to change to next to know what ability you will have on the next move. Let me pull this up real quick. It's quite interesting. It's quite good. P1 select, you say? And I think it's only a two- three dollars something like that okay um so i've been playing a little bit of that uh i've been playing some chaos code which is a game i never played last generation and i've been enjoying that quite a bit tell me about chaos code uh it's a fighting game it's it's a four button fighter uh but like it's a four button fighter best played with six buttons so for those that don't know when you have a four button fighter a six button fighter Oftentimes, you can play uh, with six buttons or eight buttons, Mm -hmm. uh, and those extra buttons typically act as combinations of the standard buttons. And typically, for most games, I prefer to only use the actual buttons for the game. Right. So for Street Fighter, I only use six buttons. I don't use eight buttons. Right. You know? Uh, For Chaos Code, your... Six and seventh button act as pressing both punches or both kicks, mm-hmm. which is nothing more than just EX. Yeah. Um, but it's like super convenient to just tap that that extra button. Right. Uh, I don't know why, but it's a fun game. Uh, super, super anime. And who makes it? I'm not sure who developed it. It's published by Arxis, but okay. uh, yeah, it does a lot of interesting things. Like, you and I were playing Skullgirls last week. Great game, by the way. And I like Skullgirls because it does a lot of things that all fighting games should do. Yeah. Uh, Like, for SPD motions, detecting that that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. And preventing you from jumping. Yeah. Right? Things like that. Yeah. Having to hold the start button in order to actually pause the game. Yeah. Things like that. And uh, Chaos Code does a lot of similar things that I appreciate. Mm -hmm. So... It's a fun time. Yeah, I want to try. I want to. I want to try. I want to play that with you. Yeah. Um, what else? Anything else? Not really. Nothing that stands out that I can recall. Okay. 
I haven't had a lot of time for games lately. Sure. Uh, so Nightwolf came out, came to Mortal Kombat recently. Uh, well, two weeks ago for for those of you, for people who had the combat pass. Uh, more uh, and then about a week ago for those without. Um, so I've been playing around with him, uh, a little bit, little bit here and there. Uh, and does he have the shoulder? He has a shoulder. Okay. Uh, so does he have the uppercut. Mm, yeah, but it's like a, it's kind of a, it's it's like a kind of a different version of that. Okay. But it still it still involves the tomahawk. Okay. Um, green arrows. Green arrows. Uh, green arrows. Green. And he's also got a, he's got a. Um, I don't remember if he had this in uh in nine, but uh, he has a he has a, also a, a green knife. Uh, I don't think so. So there's a uh, there's Doesn't a sound familiar. There's a um. There's a combo string that that ends with him like sweeping your your leg with his arm, and then like and like and then stabbing you in the leg with that green knife. Yeah, and then stabbing you a bunch when you're on the ground. Yeah, yeah, real cool. Uh, overall, he's a pretty solid character. Um, I'm putting putting a good amount of time in with him. I'm enjoying him. He's got what I consider to be the coolest uh, windscreen in the entire game. Um. So that's I've been been doing a, a good amount of that. Also, recently became aware of the, of the existence of the Johnny Cage uh, announcer pack. So I'm trying to unlock that. Um, it's not easy because you can't. It's not something you can just buy. You have to you have to do something to unlock it. I mean, SF Five has a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, where it's like, no, you can't buy this thing. You know. Yeah. But typically, after six months or so, they'll let you buy it. Yeah. Uh, so. It's funny because I thought about SF five when I was playing, because when I went in to when I went in to uh, pay for to unlock Nightwolf, I um, I was thinking about how. Oh, by the way, the combat the combat pack uh, includes his uh, includes his Mortal Kombat three skin, which I think is really cool. Um, but when I put it to play in unlock, I was like, man, they sure have a lot of currencies in this video game. It'd be really cool if you could use one of those currencies to buy characters. Yeah. Um, and you can't? No. Wow. Yeah. So uh, SF5, I don't know if you recall, started with two currencies. Mm. And like within the first month, they're like, nah, one currency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of, I I wish that, because that, at a, there's, a, there's a point at which, like, because you get like so many coins for doing whatever, right? You get coins for basically everything you do in that game. And it gets to the point where you ha- just have like a surplus, right? Yeah. And eventually, eventually, you're gonna unlock every. You're gonna get everything there is to get in the crypt. Sure. Like as far as like skins and like they'll they'll have like other things like they'll have like fatalities. Like they'll have that and everything. But like eventually, there's gonna you're gonna unlock everything that there is to unlock. And then at that point, like if you go into the crypt to spend coins, you're getting like fatality tokens or whatever. And, and who the fuck cares about that? Right. Yeah. Um, which is, it's funny because you can also just, you also get fatality tokens just from playing the game. Yeah. So, I don't know. but And also you can just input the fatality. Yeah. Um, which, the, like, I remember back when I was a kid and there were some fatalities that involved up inputs mm-hmm. that were like, because I, I think back to when I was a kid, like watching people p- try to put those fatalities in, they'd always be holding block and yeah. like they'd be ducking and standing up and everything. But now fatalities are just so easy to put in that like it's just those those tokens just 
I don't know. I I'll, don't matter. Yeah, I'll sometimes I might use one just to keep from having to go on the internet to look up what the fatality is. Sure, that makes sense. Because uh, like, I feel like if you have a character that you frequently play, you probably have that memorized. Yeah, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, and it just you know, I'm, and I'm still very much enjoying that game. Um, as you know, I've been putting some time into into Guilty Gear. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Guilty Gear Revelator Two. Yeah, and um, I like that game a lot. Fantastic. Uh, it's it's a it's one of those like I've I've found more applications for Dust. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those. It's I don't know. It's like it's it's one of those games that's just like once you, it like things it's just really hard to put down. I think it's like it's. Like especially like with all and all the characters are just so interesting and cool that it's just it's fun to like it's fun to like just mess around with it. Um, I think Guilty Gear's strength is its characters uh, more so than other fighting games, right? Like you look at Street Fighter, like World Warrior, right, and think like, oh, you got this fucking monster and this fucking yeah. sumo dude, right? And like, okay, but you also have like Ken and Ryu, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but but like uh, Guilty Gear is interesting in that like. Really, no two characters are that similar. Yeah, and like the concepts for all of them are just so outlandish and right. cool. And people compare like uh, Soul and Kai to Ken and Ryu, but like they're really not. They they couldn't like because I think that like on a surface level, like on a surface level, I think let's you take somebody who's never played Street Fighter, and like you look at him like that's just the same guy, right? right. But like you see, you put so you like look at Soul and Kai like those do. Like those two guys don't look anything alike. Yeah, uh, they don't because like that's another thing too is that like Ken at least they at 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 one point Henry Ryu had the same idol stance, right? And uh, and it would be you you could forgive someone for thinking like on a surface level like that looks like this is the same dude. Well, in Street Fighter One, it was just a palette swap, right? Yeah, but um, but I man, last I think it was last week when I was over here playing Schoolgirls. Yeah, and we did I don't know how many sets on that. We did. Over thirty, yeah, uh, yeah. Skullgirls, man. Now that's that's a game. That's a game that like I don't hear a lot of people talk about, um, but it's just like it's such a good time. Like that game. That's like talk about like like in, like visually distinct and interesting characters. I think that like think Skullgirls definitely has that too. Well, I think like, and it's the first referential fighting game I've ever played that like makes references to things outside of fighting. Games. Shit, ton of things. Yeah, uh, Skullgirls. I was telling you, like, I believe, I strongly believe that Skullgirls is the best Western-made fighting game. Yeah. Um, and and going back to what I was saying earlier, it does so many things that all fighting games should be doing at this point, mm-hmm. you know? Like, this small team can figure it out, and yeah. Capcom and NetherRealms can't. Yeah. You know? Um, and it just... It just like it's a small it's a small game. Also, Skullgirls is the reason that people are able to use their last generation sticks on yeah. current gen hardware. Yeah. Um it's just like it's it's just the game is just so fun and it just it has like a really cool like like it just had a cool like presentation, a cool concept, and it just it feels good to play. Like it was a game that like I immediately felt familiar with when I when I started playing it. Well, and it's, I mean, you could very easily compare it to Marvel, you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, it's very different, but there's similarities there to Marvel and to Alpha, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just so fun to combo in that game. It's so easy to combo in that yeah. game, you know? Yeah. 
Um, I, I just think it's a it's a fighting game that I think that people of all skill levels can like really have a good time with. Yeah, and that's you know that that holds value to me as well. Um, also, you can play as Cuphead. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I um, oh also uh, another game I've been playing was uh, I played I got I got a I got to play uh, there's a game called Revenant from the Ashes. Okay. Um I think the the most common uh description I've seen of that game is Dark Souls with guns. Yeah, that's what people have been saying. Um that's a pretty new game. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh it it's it's I've heard people comparing it to Gears of War, mm-hmm. but even like Gears of War without a cover system. Sure. Uh Yeah, I guess I could see that too. Um you know, it's I've I've had some fun with it except you know the it's they released an update fairly recently that caused the game to crash all the time, and I think they've since fixed that. But I kind of yeah. I kind of haven't gone back to it since. Uh, I think the the most interesting thing I've heard about that game is it's it is a procedurally generated game, mm-hmm. and that it's difficult to tell that it's procedurally generated. Yeah, and I always feel like that is the biggest compliment to that style of game. Yeah, um, it's a it's. I haven't. I I would like to try playing it with other people because, um, from what I understand, like that's really where the game's strength is is like cooperating with other players. And uh, but the whole matchmaking system hasn't been working for me, so I haven't really had a chance to do that. Yeah, I uh, think it's not on a lot of people's radar. Yeah. Um. Well, no, it's just like, uh, it's not so much like I can't find a game, but yeah. like I will try to find a game. Like an like an error pops up, like. For some reason, like it, like at times, I don't know. It's it's weird, but um, yeah. So that's that's kind of what I what I've been up to. Um, so I kind of wanted to save. I wanted to kind of save this uh, until Shanae was able to join us for it. But uh, I think we'll we'll just ask her about it uh, when she when get she, her input on it. Yeah, later. get get her input on it later. Um, but I guess what I want. I guess what we'll do today, uh, right now, is I wanted to talk about. Uh, what you feel is are the most important games of this generation uh, to me or in general? Um, I don't think they have to necessarily be uh, mutually exclusive. Um, but like you know, if you want to go with a, an, an especially important game to you, by all means. If you want, if you feel like there's a game that <clears throat> is also important in general, like by all means, mm-hmm. I you know I don't I don't I think we can do both. Uh, uh, I had some that I I think. For me personally, I kind of went with games that were important to me. Okay, um, let's go with that. But um, so I have a, I have some here, and I think what I want to do is since it's just the two of us right now. Yeah, like I'll do one, and then and then you, then okay. you do one. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So the first I have a uh, I have Florence on here. Really? Yeah. So. Uh, I remember you, I, I don't remember if your recommendation to me for this game came, was on the show it was. Or, or when we were just talking in general. I think I, I don't remember if I did a check it out on it. Yeah, I did a check yeah, it out. That's right. It. That's, uh-huh. that's what it was. Yeah. Um, if you're new to the show, check it out was an excellent program that we since discontinued. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember when you did the you did the check it out on it and um I was immediately curious about it and 
I wanted I went ahead and I think like that week I uh, I bought it. I think it was like three dollars or something at the time. Yeah, something like that. And I and like play through it in like thirty minutes or so. And I just remembered like like going through it, like one of the things that like is really, really uh that really stands out to me in the game is if I can find it relatable. And the the whole the whole uh the whole relationship experience, like, like that, like that, that meeting someone for the first time and immediately, and then clicking with them and then having all these things go right between you two and like everything feels great at first. And then that, that turmoil that happens, uh, and just like the kind of the rise and fall, like the, the kind of roller coaster that relationships can be sometimes. Sure. And then like, Kind I mean of, that's the whole thing, right? Yeah, and then kind of the introspection that happens as a result of those relationships. Yeah. Um my favorite thing about Florence was obviously the story that it it tells and it's a very simple story, it's a story that most of us have gone through, right? Yeah. Uh but like the way that it tells it and the things that it uses in game to represent real-world things that really make sense. Sure. So my favorite thing is like when they're texting each other Mm-hmm. And like it's a puzzle, yeah. And it, at first it's complex, but it gets yeah. easier and easier as, as time they get goes to know on. each other. Like I like shit like that, yeah. Um, like finding tangible ways to kind of describe what it's like to um grow close, grow closer to someone, and also grow distant from them, yeah. Is you know it it was an excellent direction to take that game, and it's the cool thing about it is there's like there's no. Like you don't actually know what either what anyone is saying, you just kind of infer like kind of what's being talked about. You kind of fill in the blanks, mm-hmm. and it, but it's still even still it just feels so intuitive. And um, you know it like watching this person like kind of you know watching watching her grow like throughout the course of like you know that thirty minutes. Yeah, it was it was impactful. You know, and and I haven't. I haven't really played a lot of games where I felt like I was really experiencing the story with that person. Yeah. I felt like I was kind of, um, I felt more like a passenger a lot of the, I feel more like a passenger a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really felt in, in this instance that like I was going, like I was going through this with her and that, and that, you know, that actually felt really good. I think one of the most important things that a game like Florence does uh, in this generation is it justifies it justifies uh, spending a lot for what a lot of people would consider a little. Yeah. Uh, you're getting, like you said, about 30 minutes, maybe a little bit longer yeah. for like four or five bucks. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, for to a lot of people, that's a hard pill to swallow. But yeah. like, I think for the people that did, they're like, yeah, that was totally worth it. You yeah. Know? Well, in, th- in a way that like we don't see often, like Journey did that for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, but like, yeah. Yeah, well, I I think that you know it, it opens up two different conversations, right? Like one, it you have the uh, whole uh, money versus time conversation, right? But then you also have the but it destroys that it destroys that conversation, yeah. You know? But then and then and then you also have that whole conversation of like like um, are mobile games video games? Which right? Who you the know, fuck cares? Um, you know, and I, it's when I play things like P one Select, yeah. Like, 
I've not played anything like that on console. Yeah. You know, it, it's a, I'm not saying it's some fantastic game, but it's a very original idea that I've not seen done on a console. Well, I think that like a lot of times, you know, on, on, on the mobile platform, you see concepts that you wouldn't necessarily see on a console. Well, what's interesting about this is like, it could, yeah, it could very easily exist on PlayStation or switch or PC. Right. But it doesn't. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. It might. Maybe it does. <laughs> I, 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 I have not seen it. I've not yeah. seen. I feel like as much time I spend on on Humble Bundle, I feel like Florence would have popped up if it were available. Yeah. Um, but then you know you have that reaction people people have when they when they find out something is also a mobile game and they just. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I just Downwell it, was mobile first. Yeah. Uh, but it, I don't know. It just it was it's it's amazing what you can accomplish. Or like what kind of uh, uh, what you can convey in the course of thirty minutes that other games like couldn't get across in fifteen twenty hours. Sure. Um, and yeah, so th- that's that's Florence was a really important game, I think, to me. So, I mean, we're just talking about current generation. We're not talking yeah. about specifically this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go off of that. Also published by Annapurna, What Remains of Edith Finch. Right. Uh, to me, is one of the most important games I've ever played. Right, I love that game, and for a lot of similar reasons. But like, I like when a game takes a genre that is often frowned upon, sure, and presents it in a new way that makes a lot of people like really get into it. Yeah, and Edith Finch def- definitely did that. Right, it it made Walking Sims a bit more interactive. Uh, it's still not Doom, right? Like, it's still yeah. a Walking Sim. Yeah. Uh, but it's much more interactive than most others. And it tells a better story and is better written than most others. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talking about Florence being relatable. Like, of all the stories in Edith Finch, I think most people can find at least one yeah. that really sticks with them. Yeah. Uh, and I really like that game for that. Um, yeah, and I, I, I remember you showing, because I, I think that, like, I come to... Uh, uh, a lot of games kind of late. Yeah. Um, that was one of them, and and it was, uh, it was something that like I think that if you hadn't shown me that game, I, I never like I would know about it, but I probably never would have actually seen it. Sure. Um, but I mean, you've struck out with a lot of these games, right? I've yeah. seen you play like the Vanishing of Ethan Carter, yeah. and like, you know, everybody's gone to Rapture and like have high hopes for these games, and then just really not feel them. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and the thing about with Edith Finch is like. Like you know how I like you've seen you've seen what happens to me at the end of The Walking Dead season one, so you know how sure, like sure, I sure. am about like emotionally driven stories, and there are so many of those stories in Edith Finch, right? And like there's and there and some of them are like more kind of like readily apparent, like some of them are like really obvious, yeah. Like, uh, but some of them are a little bit more subtle and nuanced, yeah. Like, uh, uh, like two of them that that stand out to me. That really stood out to me are the one with uh, one of the relatives who like lived in a bunker for like thirty. Walter, like yeah. Walter who lived in a bunker for like thirty years, and then like he came out and <laughs> instantly dies. Yeah, yeah. and I, I was just like, holy, like it, it, it was just like a, it was like one of those holy shit moments where you, you know, you 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 feel that irony for that character. But I feel like with every every story in that, 
like they're all tragic, yeah. right? But like they're all also very beautiful and happy if yeah. you look at look at them in a certain way. Sure. Like even the saddest ones. Yeah. Even the one with the baby drowning in the bathwater, right? So like that it is still a happy ending. Like yeah. If you look at it correctly. You know? Yeah. So uh, like because I ha I have a thing with like yeah like with like with like kids or like like you know and stuff like that. So like anything that happens with like kids, like it really gets to sure, me. Sure. Sure. Which is weird because I'm not like I'm not a parent, but like I still like I I don't know I I like that that really like invokes something in me and like that one like specifically I felt like I felt myself getting ready to cry because yeah. like. It was like it was just like this whole like that that was kind of what like made it more emotional, right? Because like the way the baby sees was seeing everything, like it was all like very like magical and and you know and it but at the same time like you knew like what was going on mm -hmm. and it was just like oh my god, this fucking baby. It's so sad. But like at the same time it's just like really it's really amazing and impactful. I think the thing I appreciate the most about the game is it is the easiest game to show friends and family who don't play video games and think they know what video games are to show them what video games have become sure. or what video games can be at least, right. you know? Right, right, And like you can not have never played a video game and very easily beat this game, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like it's not hard at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and like it, I, it's it's weird because like, it reminds me of how often, like, how often I've seen the need to kind of uh, justify the existence of video games to other people. Right. Um, which is not something that I, there was a point in time where I felt, I felt an active need to do that. Um, but I don't so much anymore. But at the same time, I do feel compelled to show, like, other people, like, like who don't play because I have there are a lot of people in my life who don't play video games and yeah. I do feel compelled to show them things like this and be like yeah. like this is like, like video games aren't all like for me it's not a justification it's like hey look at what you've been missing out on yeah you know and I, I'm also like a firm believer that there's a video game out there for everybody yeah uh, I think that there's a like I feel like no matter what your tastes are or what your preferences are like there's a video game out there for you sure is, you know understandably not a lot of people if you don't play video games and you probably don't feel like going through the effort to find it um but uh yeah Edith finch yeah fantastic uh did you say it was all it's also uh uh unfinished swan right that's it's in the same universe as the unfinished swan okay. if you've played the unfinished swan you will get more from one story in what remains of Edith finch yeah um yeah, that's uh, really sig significantly more like the story in the Finch that involves the Unfinished Swan, I can't imagine you getting much of anything from it. Yeah. If you haven't played that game. Yeah. But you don't need to have played that game to enjoy Edith Finch as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, real quick, would it be fair to include remasters of last gen's game, last gen games that were released for this gen? I think it depends on your argument for it. Okay. You know, like, like I'm not going to bring it up in this conversation, but like I would include the remake of Shadow of the Colossus mm -hmm. because it takes an existing game, but even though it's not like a remake by any means, mm -hmm. it adds significant things to that game. Sure. Okay. Um, 
the reason I ask is... But I mean, you know what? Include whatever you want to include. It's our okay. show. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is our show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so one, another game on my list is The Last of Us Remastered. So there are a lot of reasons why that game is important to me. But one of the reasons I put it on here is because if it hadn't been remastered and re-released for the PlayStation 4, I never would have played it. I think that's a lot of people. And um, and when I think about what I would have missed out on, yeah, like I'm, I'm just, I'm glad that it happened. Um, and it was so, it was a new game to me uh, when it when it came out, and um, <laughs> it's new to me. Damn it! What was that? What was it? There used to be a television network. I think it was ABC that was like, if I haven't seen it, it's new to me. Sure. <laughs> um. But, I mean, this is, it's, you know, it's a game that, that there have been many, many conversations about. And, uh, but it's a game that also kind of, it's one of the few games that I've seen that treats, uh, where the protagonist operates in a sort of moral gray area. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of the times when you see, a lot of games are like, like black, like this is right and this is wrong. And it's they present in a very black and white fashion. Sure. Um, when you take and you have Joel, who is like by no means perfect, and he admits that like he's been on like he's been the bad guy before. Yeah. Um, he says it. Yeah. We're bad people, Tess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's like, there's a there's a scene where um, like very early in the game, where him and Ellie are driving. And uh, like they get they get ambushed by those bandits, and oh yeah, and then Ellie asks him how how he knew it was a trap. Oh, and he takes that guy's head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ellie asks him how he knew it was a trap, and he's like, "Well, because I've yeah, I've been on that side of the of the fence before." Yeah, and um, but even still, like watching this, uh, watching this relationship grow between this imperfect guy. And this very lost and kind of still uh, and very lost person, very lost girl who's like kind of still learning about her because she's only 13 or 14 and like kind of trying to form like this relationship with uh, like what 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 moves from like kind of a transactional relationship and, and steadily evolves into a very emotional one, which is something that we've seen before in fiction. Yeah. But not necessarily portrayed in this light. And. I mean, it does, you know, people always point to Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Yeah. Uh, as far as pulling from visuals. Sure. You know, The Last of Us definitely took a lot from that game. Yeah. But, like, even from a uh, that relationship developing over the course of the game, I think The Last of Us pulls a lot from Enslaved in that aspect as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even still, like, the, uh, and, like, um, I think like the the combat always really stuck out struck out uh, stuck out to me too because it's like it just has it's so impactful and like especially like the melee combat is just like like just visceral and like brutal and like really uh, it's kind of like they like just the right amount of like camera tilt and yeah. camera shake and like uh, well, I think it's easy to look at the game if you haven't played it and think this is a horror version of Uncharted sure and it's not and like not, the gameplay is quite different yeah. you know. Um, 
And the gameplay for me isn't the best part of uh, The Last of Us. Like, I actually don't think the gameplay is that good. Mm. Uh, but for me, the story carries it. And I think in performance capture for that game, because Naughty Dog does use performance capture uh, as opposed to just motion capture or just voice acting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Naughty Dog has over time become the master of body language sure. in, in video games. Sure. Uh, Ellie emotes physically in ways that characters don't do in video games. Right. Like even now, even current video games, characters don't do that. Yeah. You know, you look at like everything that the RE engine has done for Capcom, right? Yeah. And characters still don't move as realistically as Ellie did last generation. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think about my favorite part of the last of us is when this, when spring begins, mm-hmm. And Ellie's just gone through the whole winter section. Yeah. So she's not feeling great. And you can see, like, you can see in her body language, in her movement, that, yeah. like, things are weird and off. Yeah. You know? Also, that goddamn interrogation scene is rad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it is. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, and I, I just think that it's, like, you don't, uh, well, first of all, like, it's just, like, the, it's just, like, a world-class, like, like acting in that game, like because it's just like very well known, very accomplished actors in that game, and and they all kind of just do an excellent job at like making the experience feel, uh, you know, making it feel like a really like a rare like they all the conversations feel a little real and organic, and it's just a really cool thing to to be a part of, and you know, and I think that honestly. There are things that I wish that video games did more of, but, you know, by and large, I think that The Last of Us, for me, did a lot of those things, Um, and it was, it also was, that game served to give me one of my biggest accomplishments in video game, that in my life, which is, they added, uh, uh, an extra difficulty for the PS4 release called Grounded Difficulty, mm. which removes the HUD, rebalances weapons and yeah. everything. And it took me two and a half weeks to beat that <laughs> game on that difficulty. Uh, but I did it, and I felt really good about it. Sure. Um, also, multiplayer is surprisingly good. Um, but yeah, uh, lots of us really important to me. Okay. Uh I've talked about it a thousand times. Near Automata, I think, is unfortunately a game that way more people will not play. Yeah. And it's it's sad. Like it sold a lot. Yeah. I mean yeah. relatively, you know. Uh certainly the best selling Yoko Taro game. <laughs> but uh certainly not the best selling platinum game. Right. You know. Right. And uh yeah, it's just it is a masterpiece sure. of a video game. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that about a lot of video games. I've know? never heard you say that. Uh, it is the most philosophical game I have ever played. Yeah, and I was yeah. going to say that because like on the surface, like you look at it and you're just like, this is just a, this is a character action game. Right. It's like hack and slash action, yeah. that's it. And for some people, that's all it was. Yeah. But, you know, there are people... But I think like... I don't think that's all it was for anybody who played it. Yeah. For anyone who played it all the way through and got all of the endings, like I th- Yeah, but I don't I don't think know? that was 
I don't think that was a large percentage of people. No, I don't. And that sucks. Yeah. It's sad. Like, it, the game deserves more people's time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and there are not a lot of games. There are not enough games on this level. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I, you don't see a lot of, a lot of times when you see games try to, like, tread into, like, philosophical territory, it yeah. seems kind of like, seems kind of ham-fisted or, like, heavy-handed. I mean, even movies, right? Yeah. Even books, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, but, like... Because, yeah, it does the whole thing we've seen a lot of, th- like, a thousand fucking times. Oh, what does it mean to be human and can an AI have feelings and all yeah. that shit, right? It does that. But we've seen that over and over and over again. But it's still... A, it's but a, it does so much more than that. Well, and, like, the smallest side characters yeah. have these things that will just keep you thinking for yeah. days. Well, I think it's a, it's an know. interesting conversation to have. And I think that with the right vehicle, it can be very compelling. Yeah. It's just a lot of people just... There aren't a lot of times when that, where that conversation or that or that topic is really fleshed out in a in a meaningful way. Yeah. Um, but then you have an experience like Near Automata that allows you to see so many different perspectives, uh, uh, of this of this one like very general question. See, and to me, it's always like there's always a compromise, right? I like a game for this reason, but this is lacking. You know? Yeah. And, like, the only thing that, to me, that is lacking in Nier Automata is the textures. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, from a gameplay standpoint, is it as deep as Bayonetta? No, but it's pretty fucking close. Yeah. You know? Uh, and from a story standpoint, it's phenomenal. Like, it's just... just and, I, like, it's an open-world game, but you don't really think about it as an open-world game. Yeah. You know? Because it presents itself very linear. It does. It does, but, like, I think it's because, like, the side quests matter. I, I talked about this a lot when we first started the show. Because uh, I had just come off of Dragon Age Inquisition, mm-hmm. which I never finished. But you did. Yeah. And my favorite thing about Dragon Quest Inquisition is that you had we had side quests in a shit ton of other open world games like Fallout 4. Sure. My favorite one to point to is Fallout 4. Go paint this fence green. You should be finding your son. Yeah. But hey, go paint this fence green for me. Yeah. You know, like that's a side quest in that game. Yeah. You know, uh, whereas Dragon Age Inquisition is like, hey, you need to do this because we need blankets for these troops. And yeah. like, you know, like it, the side quests made more sense. Yeah. And they were things that you would want to do. Yeah. Uh, Nier Automata has that in spades because it's like, I mean, yeah, the first the first side quest you have in that game is getting parts for a merchant and that merchant has this story that at least to me blew my fucking mind you <laughs> yeah. know and it's the first side quest of the game like yeah, yeah. um well it's it's, it's it matters when cuz i was um i was talking to my girlfriend about the about uh, the witcher uh, 3 the witcher hello witcher uh <laughs> every we it never fails Every time someone says The Witcher, <laughs> one of us does that. <laughs> um, but no, like the side quests are like these are things like the, all these side these side quests are things that you could imagine Geralt doing, right? Right? Like, but like when you have side quests like in Fallout Four, where it's like I can't imagine someone who was frantically searching for their in, for, for their infant son to take time out to do this, right? Um, so when you have things like in Nier Automata, when you uh, when you have meaningful side quests, which is I think, like, 
side quests should be meaningful, I think, and I, not just used to, like, pad out the number of hours in your video game. And most of the time, that's what they are. Yeah, and so when you when you have, like, the rare surprise, we're like, oh, that that's like that side quest is better than some of the, the main story content, that's really cool. Right. Um, and all my problems with Borderlands as a series, the reason I won't play Borderlands 3 is because the side quests are padding. Yeah, yeah. Padding something very shallow. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, Nier Automata is one of those games that... Uh, I think that it it I I know I feel like it succeeded despite its namesake because of like as far as I'm aware I'm not an I'm not an analyst feel free to correct me you will <laughs> but uh you know not a lot of people played the original Near no and so far as I can tell or Drakengard for that matter yeah so it's just like you know um it seems like as far as I'm sure, as far as many people were concerned, this is the first near game, right? Or at least the first near game they've ever heard of. Well, it stands on its own, yeah. You know, but um, you know, it's and and I think it's also a game that like uh, I didn't know who Yoko Taro was before this game came out. Okay. Um, and so now I am aware of him, and now I am like now when I see his name attached to something, I'm like. Let's let's see what this is about. Yeah. So you know that's you know um, that is a game that I should very much get back get around to finishing. I have I'm in possession of two copies of that game. <laughs> uh, so but <laughs> between the two, I should I should uh, I should find I should find a way around to it. Um. So use the word masterpiece to describe Nier Automata, which I think is fair. Um. I've so that makes me think of that makes me think of Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, it is a game that I have personally referred to as a masterpiece. I uh, could certainly see why. Um, like it's just like you know that I that I am a fan of westerns, and like if there's a west if there's a western movie or western game, I wanna I wanna look into it, right? Yeah. Um. So I spent a lot of time with. I sp- I played the hell out of the first Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Hell, I played the hell out of Red Dead Revolver, <laughs> uh, which is you know a game that has not aged great. But Capcom. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it it was originally a Capcom game that Rockstar <laughs> took, and like when you played like they were like yeah this is a Capcom ass game. Yeah. Because uh, reuse there and there's Hadoukens in the West. <laughs> um. And there were a lot of so. One of the one of the things that first um, caught my attention about Red Dead Redemption Two, Red Dead Redemption Two, besides its its namesake and and uh, uh, and everything, was that was Arthur, um, who is the 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 primary uh, character in the, in the game. He's just like he just like I don't I don't know what it is about him. But he is just such a, he's such a depthful character, and he is just, he's he's loyal. He's, uh, you know, he's he's smart, and he's but he's also very like very conflicted, because he's he's got this loyalty to his to his uh, to his uh, leader slash father figure Dutch, and like he he watches Dutch like he he's. He's sworn this like lifelong loyalty to Dutch, 
but then he watches like Dutch kind of unravel as things fall apart around him. Yeah. And he kind of just like he follows Dutch and like does what he says, but he's like, but he still like has these he's he's you watch him like develop these doubts about him. And then you watch him with also with like the characters around him and how he interacts with people. Um and like some of the things he's like and he has like some of like the coolest lines that like I've ever heard. Like you you saw the one from from the trailer. There's like, you know, uh after your uh he's like after your mama's done mourning your your dad, I keep her in black on your behalf. I was like, that's a cold ass line. That's a cold ass line. But um, you know, it's just it's just like the scope of the game and like a lot of one of the things that people uh, criticize the game is like its pace. It's very polarizing. Uh, you know, it, 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 like it's pace and like how slowly things move in that game, uh, which I feel is kind of, I feel is one of the game's strengths. Well, I think it's funny because like people of our age grew up when, unless you were rich, uh, a video game would last you for months. Sure. So that's what you played for months. Right. You know. Right. And my kids. Grew, grew up with a dad who's got hundreds of video games. Yeah. And, like, their ability to stick with a game for longer than a few weeks, you know, it, it's rare. Yeah. Uh, so I think, like, I I, I don't want to, like, say it's just a, an age gap thing. Sure. Because I've met people our age that hate that fucking game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think you're you're just more apt to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, well, it's a game that like I I I put because I think that if you just if you just mainline the story and like don't do anything else, just mainline the story, you're still gonna get like sixty hours out of it. Right. Um. But like, it's a game that like I played and played and played, and I was like, I even I like held off the news. I was like, I was like, I don't want this story like, to end. But like, I guess what I'm saying is like, I think oftentimes we look at it as like, what's the rush? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, your leisure time who cares if this game lasts you forever yeah um but it's just like the game i feel it's just i just it's just i don't know it's it's a beautiful game it is very beautiful um and it's just like the way everything like everything <clears throat> just feels real and i think that's again that's to some people feel that's to the game's detriment right um but I just, it was just found, it just was so much more engrossing to me because of it. A lot of people called it Cowboy Simulator, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you can't blame them. Like, that's pretty spot on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not, but, like, <laughs> yeah. Hollywood Cowboy Simulator sure. is pretty spot on, right? Yeah. But, uh, like, it is a gorgeous game. A lot of the things that Rockstar did with it are, like, phenomenal and kind of mind-blowing, really. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not for everyone. Yeah, and, you know, I... There, I th- I think back a lot to when I was a kid, and when I had no concept of how how video technology worked or progressed. Because like in my in my mind, every new console that came out is going to be the last one. You can't; they don't get any better than this. I like, mean, I, I've talked about it here. I I thought that with Donkey Kong Country, yeah. I was like, video games will never look better than this. Like, how could they? <laughs> Which is funny because a lot of them already looked better than that, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, I think back to a time when I thought Mortal Kombat 4 was a gorgeous game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but uh, no, but like, you know, I, I think back to a lot of times where I, you know, where I thought, where I thought things like that. Yeah. And I play a game like Red Dead Redemption 2 and I just like, it, 
I thought I had a pretty good grasp on what they're currently capable of creating uh, in video games. And when I look at games like that, I'm like, how does this, how does this game exist? <laughs> like, you know, like it's because Rockstar is one of very few companies that can put that many years into a game because that game was in development for a long yeah. time, a long yeah. time, like almost a decade. Uh, it can put that much time into a game and see a return on their investment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, what I find like, it just, it's, because even even you know Red Dead Two, it didn't blow up the world, right? It wasn't GTA Five, but like that game is extremely profitable. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. You know, and you know, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into whatever Rockstar's labor practices are. Like that's not the conversation I want to have. Because uh, that, that was something that especially blew up around you know the release of this game. Same thing with Mortal Kombat Eleven. You know, but. Uh, and I'm and not, I'm not trying to be dismissive. It's just not the conversation I want to have right now. Um, I just I see that game and like I th- like when I think about that game, like it's a game that I always it's a game it's a it's a world that I always want to inhabit, and that doesn't happen often with me. And um, you know there are there are certain points where like I'll you know like I just want to finish this so I can get on to the next thing. Yeah, that happened to me with God of War. Like I, at some point, I was like, I just. <laughs> and it's funny because for a lot of people, that's their game of the gen- the generation. Yeah, you know, but it's just like, it's like he's not as yelly anymore, but he's still pretty yelly, and this is not. That's what I want out of him. Yeah, uh, you know, but and and I'm not saying God of War is a bad game. I don't just, want Dad Kratos. A lot of people seem to love Dad Kratos for some reason. Well, he was always Dad Kratos, I know, but, but <laughs> I want like bad Dad Kratos. Yeah, I want crazy I want question, I want questionable Dad Kratos. Yeah. Um, I want banging two chicks on a Friday night Kratos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, that Kratos is where Atreus came from, I guess. Yeah, but um, Atreus. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I think Red Dead Redemption Two is a game that I'm going to like. I feel like it's what's crazy to me is that 10 years from now, that game is going to seem antiquated. I don't think that's the case. Well, not, not necessarily 10 years. I'm just, yeah, I'm using a a number eventually at some point, but like the idea of that game ever seeming like antiquated or like, you know what I mean? Like, cause game, like they, they, but then again, like by, by the time I say that or the time people think that it will be like other like that game will be someone's Mortal Kombat four, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> you right. know, uh, but yeah, and that's the problem with going for realism. Yeah, at least in this industry. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, as as much as I've said that games don't that games don't need to look better because that's not video games' main issue. That game still that game does look really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did Redemption two. Uh, I think Gravity Rush as Mm. a series is like it's a very sad thing like don't get me wrong there are a lot of people that love gravity rush yeah uh but like i almost feel vita heard it because gravity rush was a vita exclusive Right. right right uh and this is back before playstation 4 launched and then PlayStation 4 comes out, and they're yeah. like, Gravity Rush remastered mm-hmm. for console. Right. You know? And at that point, nobody really seemed to care. Yeah. 
Whereas if Vita was more successful or if they had just launched Gravity Rush on PS3, yeah. I feel like that, that franchise I feel like that franchise would be in a much better place than it is. Um that said, like I think Gravity Rush is Gravity Rush two to me is the best Sony first party game this generation. Uh I think it's better than Uncharted for what I've played of it, or until Dawn, well, until Dawn's not first party. Like, but any any sure. Sony first party sure, game, I sure. don't think any of them are as good. Uh, I guess like I even look at it. I I hold it in higher regard than I do The Last Guardian, which is really? saying a lot because I love Fumito Ueda. Yeah, you know, and they're both Japan Studios. It's not the same team. Yeah, Gen Design, which is not Sony owned, but uh, yeah, it's. It's interesting because, like, that is such, and I hate using the the phrase, but sometimes it's the best way to, to describe it. Like, Gravity Rush 2, specifically, is such a triple-A-ass game. Yeah. You know? Like, it is gorgeous to look at. Yeah. So much more than the first one. I, I already thought the first one was a pretty game. Yeah. But it is gorgeous to look at. The UI is fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. The music's great. The voice acting's great. The gameplay's great. Like, it's just... And it's so cool. Gravity Rush, to me, feels like it should have been a Sega game. Yeah. Like a, it, like, it, it looks like, like a Sega game. It should game. be a fucking Dreamcast game. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, there's nothing like it now. People don't make games like that anymore. Yeah. I don't know why, but I, I miss that time in gaming. I miss those Dreamcast-ass games, sure. you know? Well, I mean, we've talked about uh, how last gen was when we got the most new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it feels like that. It feels like something ripped from a certain point in time yeah. and, like, preserved for today. Yeah. Uh, and we don't get enough of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it it's sad when you have a game that is that well put together and and just you know it just it just gets lost in, yeah, in the yeah. noise you know it's just it's like it's like near out of mind it's another one of the things where like there's a core group of people who really love that thing a lot yeah and yeah. not enough people will ever play it yeah you know and you know it's you know it sucks because you want to like you like if you're one of the people who who these games resonate with yeah then like you almost feel like this is something that happens with me, right? Like where there's a game that resonates with me, but I know that no one is playing it. Right. Then I f- I feel almost like responsible for like at least being like, hey, you should really check this game out. Well, and I recommend these games to people here and there, yeah. right? Uh, and some some of my friends will play them, some of them won't. But like to me, it's more like I feel bad for them because they missed out. Yeah, it's like you you played X, Y, and Z game, and you thought those were good, like. Yeah. Fuck, you're you're really missing out, yeah. you know. Uh, it well, I think that because when you when I th- I think about, like our Discord, it makes me Gravity Rush makes me think about our Discord mm. because there's and I know like Corey, I'm sure has played Gravity Rush, you know, but like mm. there are a couple of people in our Discord who like I know they're into some old school Sega stuff, right? I'm like, fuck, you need to play this, man. You yeah. need to play this. Well, it it makes me think about how this this is this is the analog that I that I draw from, so. When I was a teenager, yeah, uh, all I ever wanted to listen to was new metal. That's it, right? Because all other music was garbage. I decided that, right? Of I don't course. want to listen to anything else. We both held that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then I got older, and I, I realized, realized you were right. 
Another 20 years of corn. <laughs> yes, please. Mark me down. Uh, but then you realize, like, how much shit have I missed out on yeah. over the years because I just refuse to, right. like, get out of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, like, the same thing goes with video games, right? Like, you, you, like, this is the kind of video game that I play, right. and that's it. Right. And, like, so you think about how many video games that maybe you're not missing out on now, but, like, video games that you could have missed out on, like, maybe 10, 15 years ago just because, like, this is the kind of game that you play. Well, and I found that more recently. Like, as I, over the past few months, as I embed myself more into our local FTC. Yeah. There's so many people that, like, they play fighting games and nothing else. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. Like, man, what's wrong with you? Yeah, because it's just, like, there are so many, like, awesome experiences out there. Yeah. And, like, just missing out on those. Because, like, it's, like, those games that you, where you, where you play them and then when you're done with them, you just come away with this, like, I can't, I don't have the word for the feeling, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, and to willingly, like, miss out on that. Like, and what it gets me is, like, I, I have friends who, like, it is such a pain to get them to try anything. Like, check out this show. Check out this movie. Check out this game. Like, it's just right. such a pain to, like, get them to do it. And for no other, for reasons that, like, I don't understand. Right. Um, and... It also comes. It also comes with like wanting to have these conversations with people. You feel like you can't have these conversations. Like I want to have the conversation with you so bad. Well, yeah. Like I've been wanting to talk to you about Nier Automata since I finished it. It will happen, Uh, but you made the mistake of making me really, really like fighting games. Sure. So it's gonna it's gonna take a bit. Right, right, right. And then like Gravity Rush, I just unless I go seek somebody out, I'm just not gonna have anybody to talk to that game. uh, Talk about yeah, you know that game with. But like I'm okay with that. In a lot of ways, I think of like Gravity Rush and Undernight Inbirth in the same way. In that, like, like those are my secrets. You sure. know, like it, that I'm part of some exclusive fucking club yeah. that you'll never get in. You know, sure. like yeah. I know it's a stupid way of thinking about it, but like, but like you know, it feels that way. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm in the elite dangerous club. Yeah, ex- exactly, <laughs> exactly, right. But like even that, that though, like you are at least maybe only surface level a part of that community. Yeah. You know, you talk to, a, to some people about elite. Yeah. Uh, I talked to nobody about gravity rush. You sure. Know? Yeah. Um, because there's no one to talk to about gravity <laughs> rush. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, also really good little animated shorts that take place in between those two games. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also I meant to bring this up when you were talking about near automata. Yeah. I think I, sh- I don't know if I showed it to you or not. And maybe, and I don't know if I know about it because of you, but, I fo- for, I don't know how I started following this Instagram account, but the whole account is just weird doodles of 2B and 9S, huh. like in different situations, just like weird, these weird I don't know. Doodles. I mean, I follow like the, well, the Save Continue podcast Instagram account follows the Yoko Taro hashtag. Yeah. So like most of that I've probably seen. Yeah. But it was just like you go down, you go down the page and it's just nothing but like, there are like thousands of doodles yeah. of 2B and 9S like doing different things or like. They're like different animals. Yeah. Or like sometimes I think one time they were dinosaurs. That's weird. Uh, but but you knew it was them because they had the hair and the and the blindfold. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, so I would be remiss uh, if I didn't mention uh, No Man's Sky, and I'm going to tell you why. So I like space shit. Right. So do I. Yeah. Um. I think we like different space shit is the problem. Yeah. You like flying the spaceship mm-hmm. in space yeah. 
on planets. Yeah. I like like Alien. Sure. UFT Ishimura. Yeah. 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 Uh I like that stuff too. Uh but um It wasn't a the thing about it is like t- so I had this weird inverse of that whole exclusive club thing where it's a game that I that I have loved since August of three years ago. Right. And it's just a game that I just never stopped never stopped loving. Like like I wasn't blind to its problems, but I still I love that game, and um, see that's what I liked about you. About you, though, with a lot of this stuff, is like you are one of the only people when that game came out, and I didn't like No Man's Sky, mm-hmm. but I wasn't gonna like it regardless of what it like. E- even if it was everything Sean Murray said it was, it's just not your game. It's just not for me. Yeah, right. You were like, okay, well, he lied about this stuff, but like, I'm still really having fun with it. Yeah, and it's which like, is like what that's what's important. Right? I think a lot of people were just blind to that. They were like, he lied about this shit, so it's a bad game. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't think No Man's Sky is a bad game. Yeah, it's just not for me. Right, but like, it's important to me because there have been so few instances where I stuck with the game consistently over a period of time and watched it grow. Yeah. A lot of the time what will happen is I'll step away from a game for a long time and then they'll add something to the You'll game. You'll come back and it's unrecognizable. And, yeah. But like I've been playing that game consistently for three years. Yeah. And watching that, like being there to watch that game grow in real time has just been like a really cool experience. Yeah. Um, which is not one that I can imagine having being replicated specifically for me. Because uh, there's just not, not many games do that for me. Uh, but... You know, dis- like I felt like I like I said I was talking to you, uh, like I feel like I'm in the inverse of that exclusive club because like everybody was like there the 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 conversation was so all about how shitty Sean Murray right is and 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 what this game turned out to be. So you feel like you love the thing everybody hates. Yeah, and and it's and it's weird because even three years later. That's still the conversation. Yeah. Right. And like, you know, like people like and my 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 whole thing is that like and this is and I'm not saying this is an opinion that anyone else has to share. It's just me. But my whole thing is just like I feel like if you're still mad about that, it's kind of kind of time to let it go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Because for I sure. just like even if you pre-ordered it and like wasted $60 of your money. It's like, like if you're still hanging on to that. Like, yeah. And it's just like because like I see stuff like like. Uh, like the because like pretty frequently the game goes on sale for like twenty five bucks. Yeah, and it's like still not worth it. Wouldn't be worth it if it was if it was down to five dollars. Like you're fucking shut up. That's like SF five, man. Like uh, in all these FTC forums, that's like ninety percent of the talk is how much people are pissed about Street Fighter Five. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you didn't have to be playing it these past three years. Yeah, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, you could let it go. Yeah, but. and and just and like, but. And I look at this conversation and like as it I guess like I started to start to thinking like uh a lot of it was like you haven't actually played it. This you were echoing the sentiments of other people. Sure. Um which I don't I naturally I'm I'm not an idiot. I don't think that's everybody. 
but I think that I think a lot of people are doing that. Well, I think it's a lot. Of, I think a lot of it is people like myself, though. Like, have I played No Man's Sky? Technically, yeah, sure. I've played like an hour or two of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like for me, it's like I know what is not in that game, sure, and I know what was promised to be in that game, right? You know, yeah. I think that opinion's still valid. Yeah, but also it's been three years. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, like, and you know, he's, and I'm not gonna. And I'm, I'm trying to be very careful about getting into a conversation about, you know, uh, what Sean Murray said and all that stuff right, and, right, and, right. and how he has been. Because I, I have I have a very high opinion of that guy. Um, but at the same time, like my whole thing was like to your, to your like again, like is this is this was this game what he what he promised? No, but I'm having a hell of a time with it. So right. who, who gives a shit? Right. Um but like it's important to me because like I watched it grow in a way that like I don't ever watch any game grow, and it's allowed me to do things in video games and in, in that game that I've never been able to do, and con like there's all these little things that I've been able to do separately in other games, yeah, but nothing that I've been able to do in concert in one game, and that really that really resonates with me in a really, you know, in a really like a really big way, um. And that sense of, like, that whole sense of being just this, like, this just, well, I used to have this sense of being this, this lone guy in, in, like, space and, like, just, I'm just, like, by myself all the time. But now there's fucking people flying all over the place now and it's just kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's watching, like, that just day one, August 2016, all the way to August of 2019, it's just been a, an amazing thing to watch. And I just, I think that, I, I think that when games can, like, because not only is the game now everything that was promised three years ago, right? but now it's even more than what was promised. Sure. And watching the, because I've, I've watched the opinion of that game kind of, I've watched that ship turn around. Um, not unanimously, obviously, because you still have it's it's always gonna have its detractors no matter what. But um I guess it was less about the I guess this time it's less about the game to me and more about how I found an attachment to something that was so profound that it's it like I felt like a like a personal relationship with the game that like I don't really feel often. I think that Death Stranding is going to be similar, uh and I worry for it. Because of that, like, I think so much has been hyped up. Yeah. And people think that they know what this game is or don't think that they know what this game is and, and have ideas of what it should be. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people are going to be disappointed when it's not that and you're going to have a lot of haters because of that. Uh, the most disappointing thing that I've heard about the game so far is that you can't see Norman Reedus's penis when he goes to the bathroom. Sure. Uh, that said, I mean, I still am excited for the game. I think... I mean, I think I've figured out what the story is. I, I, I think I've even, I think I've even figured out what the ending is. Yeah, but uh, we'll see. Like, here's my, here's, here is my thing about that. What's not to be excited about? You know what I mean? But I, I don't think that's it. I think that the thing is, and Kojima has promised very little with this game, right? Like, literally promised very little with it, uh, and he hasn't said that combat's going to be this or that or whatever, right? Uh, but, like, I think 
because they've shown so little, people have will form these ideas of what they think that game should be based on the marketing of that game and based on Metal Gear Solid as a franchise. Right. I think people have an idea of what Death Stranding should be, and when it's not that, people are going to bitch about it. Uh, yeah. I could be wrong. No, that's going to happen. That's absolutely going to Because, yeah. like, look at the conversation around the game, right? It's like... The moment you, the moment someone, the moment someone utters the phrase, uh, like, like I'm worried about this game or yeah. I hope it's good, they, I feel like a lot of times when people say that, mm-hmm. they've got an image in their head mm-hmm. about what this thing is. Um, also, strand on your feet, it was fucking hilarious. What is that? Uh, Jeff Keeley, when he introduced Hideo Kojima at Game Gamescom, told everybody to strand, strand on, on their, their feet. feet. And I <laughs> spit out my soda. <laughs> was that intentionally? Yeah, it was okay. intentional. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I'm still super psyched for it. Yeah, even if even if it is literally nothing but delivering those packages, I'm cool with that. Well, I love games like like, but I love like I've I've been saying this for years, and I just I I feel like at this point I got to learn how to make video games so I can make this game myself. Yeah, but I love. I don't know what it is, but I love the concept of a video game that is nothing but delivering stuff. Yeah. That's why I play so much American Truck Simulator. <coughs> uh, but um, I just, like, my my excitement for the game is I want my curiosity sated. Mm-hmm. Because this game has been so, like, it's been spoken, like, there were points in time where I started to doubt, like, is this actually a video game? It was like, this is a real game. Uh, but, like, there there is... Like so much of this game has been spoken about in the abstract, yeah. That like I'm just curious as to what it is. I just want to see I, it. I was that until recently, uh, until the Gamescom footage. But mm. like now I'm like I haven't seen that. So. Now I'm like I think I know what the big twist in this game is going to be, yeah. and I'm curious to see if I'm correct. How long do you think that game is? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it depends on how much cutscenes he wants to put in there this time. Sure, because that could be add fifty hours. <laughs> you know, you never know. I will say this. I never played a Hideo Kojima game that I didn't like. Same. Uh, so I've got no reason to. But I still haven't played Snatcher. Oh, I haven't played Snatcher either. Hello, Snatcher. Hello, Snatcher. The, sn- the Snatcher 3. Yeah. Uh, Wild Hunt. <laughs> um, so did you have another one? Uh, no, I mean, I could go on, but like. I've got a whole list that I want to work my way through. I've got I've got a couple more on here. Okay. Okay. Well, let me let me give you. Let, I wasn't going to do it, but let me throw it out there. Everybody sure. knows I love Shadow of the Colossus. I'm going to throw this one out there. Sure. Okay. Blue Point's Shadow of the Colossus, to me, is very interesting in that Shadow of the Colossus was already a game that just had a a ton of mystery to it. Yeah. It had secrets in the game that had not been proven until ten years after the game's initial PS2 release, which is amazing. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. You know. Uh, and I think. Blue Point adding more mystery to it that has still yet to be solved since that release mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say. What are the goats? <laughs> you know? Sure. We're never going to know. Tom. We'll see, know in 10 years. We need After the show, we're going to need to see if someone has already purchased the domain whatarethegoats.com. Sure. Uh, see if we're, we're what are the what are the goats.biz. Um, yeah. But, uh, well, like like Secret Seekers was like a society of 
of fucking Shadow of the Colossus secret seekers Mm -hmm. that existed for like a decade. Yeah. A group of people that were just dedicated to finding out the mysteries of this game. Yeah. You know, that's fucking nuts to me. And the fact that they, that blue point has added to that in 2019, where everyone knows everything about every game, I think is phenomenal. I wonder what it's like to have created something like that. Yeah. Right. To where like, you're like, you know, all the, you know, you know where everything is. Someone knows what those goats are. (laughs) Yeah. And like to, to, to like, you're the one who created that, so you're just watching all these people speculate on this yeah. thing, watching them all be wrong, mm-hmm. and that's like that would be endlessly laughing in your fucking castle. That would be that would be endlessly entertaining to me if I had the mind yeah. to create something intricate and hard to figure out like that. I would love that. Yeah, you've made something that the internet has not found out. Yeah, which is hard. Yeah, um, but um, so I have so the the I'm gonna save I'm gonna save uh the best for last, but. I ha- the next game I have on here was uh, Monster Hunter World. Okay. Uh, so that game was I feel important because the for the obvious that it was it brought a lot of people into the Monster Hunter world. World, damn it, uh, it did. <laughs> but uh, but it was it it was so much. It has it, you know it has a lot of um. I feel like it has a lot of meaning beyond that. Um. I think that it was it's a game that kind of helped to uh really secure the the future of that franchise in the west. Um and also really the main reason it was so important to me is just because like I played that game for I think I have over 500 hours in that game. And I think that while this could have happened with a number of other games, it happened with this game. So it's important to me. Uh, I bonded. I bonded with people a lot over that game. Mm. Um, and it's just people that I've like, I've you know, I've hooked up with and gone on hunts with. Yeah. And like we just bonded a lot and like became closer as friends, like while killing these giant monsters. Sure. Um, and it's uh, you know, it was just something. It's something that. I I'll probably always remember that's like there are when I think about that game I think about certain people that are very important to me and that's really that's like just it's just this lasting effect that it's had but it's also been a game that I have it's one of the few games in my life where I feel more knowledgeable about it than the people that I'm playing it with in some cases right um and I don't get that often because I'm not I'm not the most knowledgeable person about uh, about some of the, uh, a lot of the things that I like, right? But Monster Hunter, I know a lot of a lot about Goddamn yeah, Monster yeah. Hunter. Um, I, I mean, I think that that that's it too, right? Like, I've always any game that I could gain a mastery over, yeah. I've you know obviously have been quite into, yeah. And like, it's rare, yeah, that you find a game that you feel that confident in yourself about, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's 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 one of those things where I kind of just you know. Um, I feel like just, I feel like I feel so confident in what I'm doing and, 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 uh, also it's got the Witcher. It has got the, he's kind of the worst part of the game. Oh, <laughs> he's my bad. <laughs> the addition of the Witcher is not, uh, I think it's got Chun-Li. Uh, so that's cool. No, but it's got Sakura. So uh, it's got someone else. And Ryu. Okay. Those are the only two Street Fighter characters that I am aware of in that game. Um, so no Blanca, huh? 
Like surprisingly no. Seems like he'd fit right in. Yeah. Just do that like that fucking yeah. ball attack at the monsters. Blanca ball. Blanca ball. Uh that game needs more M Bison. Yeah. Uh, or Nemesis. I would love Nemesis in Monster Hunter, either as an antagonist or a protagonist. Um, but no, I've you know, I've bonded a lot over that game, a lot with a lot a lot with people over that game. Um you know, it's a game that I've played like hundreds of hours with with you know with my girlfriend and you know hmm. it's just it's i think monster hunter world is just an interesting game whether yeah. you play it or not the fact that it outsold resident evil 5 is still mind-boggling sure uh yeah um, it's their best-selling game now mm-hmm. and here's the funny thing about more it: more than any mega man more than any street fighter is not even you know? like is as accessible as monster hunter world is it's still got so much unaccessible shit about it. Yeah. Or inaccessible is a word I meant to use. Well, I think like as weird as those games have been, like streamlining it a bit, it w- was a good idea. Definitely. Obviously. But yeah, they, they and sh- like even if you do that a bit, you know, there's still going to be some yeah. weird things. Like there's still like all this like other like meta yeah. game to figure out like even beyond that. But it's just like... It's important to me because I, I want Monster Hunter to continue to come out in the states. Yeah, like I, that's I want it. I want that to happen. Well, there's no question about that. Yeah, they always have. Yeah, um, but I always felt like it was such a uh, what's the word niche kind of like uh, subset of the community. Yeah, that I wasn't sure if like they would keep happening because I because it just doesn't seem like especially if they were, for as long as like if they were gonna because I was like are they just gonna be DS games forever. Yeah. Um, well, they were PSP games forever too. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm I'm really glad that that game came out. Um, like, talk about getting your money's worth for a game, man. Like, I've never, I can't think of any other game that I put 500 hours into. But, um, you know, I've, you know, I've really, I've really, you know, enjoyed my time with it. And I think that, you know. I think that I'm really hopeful now for where that series is going to go. But I'm also, I want more, uh, I want more Monster Hunter clones to come out. Like I love Monster Hunter, but the thing is like with every Monster Hunter clone that comes out, I play it and then I'm just like, I still like Monster Hunter better. I think that the problem is, is like the good ones were all trapped on consoles no one owned. Yeah. Yeah. What was that one on Vita? Freedom Wars. Yeah. That game seemed cool, but I don't have a Vita. That so. game was phenomenal, yeah. and I'm not even that big into Monster Hunter, you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, and lastly, I have on here uh, Hellblade: Sinuous Sacrifice. Um, we've already had like a million conversations about Hellblade, but I still felt like it was a very important game to come out, and I feel like it also came out at the for me, it came out at the kind of the right time. Um, I think. One of the things that I, uh, like I've said before, is this like impactful stories, like really, uh, really, uh, are something that I really gravitate toward, and like I loved, I loved my time with that game, um, and I think that if it weren't for, uh, I think that if it weren't for that game, I don't. I gained a deeper under, I gained a deeper appreciation for storytelling in video games and not just like direct storytelling like just not just like direct narrative storytelling but also like environmental storytelling like that's something that like I like after playing that game I'm like 
because there are so like what they what Ninja Theory was able to do with that with that game and like with such a small budget, yeah, and the way that the, what they were able to do with those environments to have like those environments tell a story of their own, and I, it's funny to me. I love Hellblade, but like I watched the development of that game over the course of a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Theory was very open with the development of that game. In fact, they they documented the majority of it, you mm -hmm. know. And, like, sometimes you don't want to see how the sausage is made. Sure. You know? Sure. I really love the game still, but, like, you're talking about the environment specifically. But you... I you, think the environments are great, but when you know how those environments were built yeah. on the cheap... Yeah. Uh, see, it, that it, makes it, it... It peels back the, the curtain a bit. Yeah. You know? Uh, that kind of that makes it more that but that 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 enhances it for me I think yeah 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 um because like because I when you when you have like let's say Ninja Theory was working on a budget of let's say the same budget as Red Dead Redemption right right then it would be it would be no wonder that well so no see my whole my whole thing with it though is like it's a smart way to make games I think that. Uh, Take Two and Rockstar and like Activision and all these games should be making their games the way that Ninja Theory has. Yeah. Uh, because you can get the same results with less money and less work. Right. And not, you know, overworking your employees. Sure. Uh, you can get the same results. Not to say that, that Hellblade is anywhere near the scope of Red Dead Redemption 2. Sure. It is not. not but visually, yeah. sure. you can achieve very similar things. It's a beautiful game. Uh, in, in a much cheaper way. I think they should, that all game developers should take from that. Mm -hmm. And they won't, which is kind of dumb. But, uh, you know, that said, it's one of those games that I really do love that game. Uh, it's one of the few times where I wish I had watched less on it, you mm -hmm. know. I knew too much about it going in. Yeah, um, I do love it though. It's it's still great. Uh, yeah, one of the best one of the best uses of sound design I've ever seen in a video game. Um, well, they had that fucking microphone. Yeah, and it's just now. And now that I'm in my mid thirties, there aren't very many games that like I consider to be like wholly unsettling or like overwhelming. Yeah, in the way that that Hellblade was for me. And it was it was equal parts unpleasant and amazing. Yeah. Um. Because you know you you play the game with those head with your headphones on, you hear you hear those voices on in uh, like on either side. It's just like it's overwhelming, but it's just like it is this generation's best, uh, you know, best best reason for playing a game with headphones. You yeah. know, um. I know a lot of people like they only play with headphones, right? Yeah. And I know a lot of people that never do. Yeah. And like this is a game that like you're you're doing yourself wrong if you don't play with headphones, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um that's for sure. But um, uh, and I and that's one of the, it's one of the like you talk we talked earlier about uh uh games that we want people to play. Yeah. And games that we want people to like to to see and everything and and Hellblade is a game that I've wanted a lot of people to play. I thought the dark rot was like, like even though it was eventually found to be fake, yeah. The fact that that put that thought there because Hellblade is a game where I did not die, yeah. Uh, but like, you worry about it more, sure. And that doesn't exist in video games now. 
that existed in every video game when we were kids, yeah. you know, yeah. but that doesn't exist in video games. Now. Yeah, because like when, when we're growing up, you die in a video game right. and you started the whole game. Over. Right. So even though it wasn't real, the yeah. fact that everybody thought it was real and that you worried about it going through it was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I really, I really enjoyed, you know, my time with that game and, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it kind of just, but don't lie to me again. Don't. You know? Guys, you can't do that again. Stop lying to me. I don't know because they're all you know they're they're a lot they're more corporate now, so they could they might have to lie to you. Again. <sighs> yeah, well that's a whole separate conversation. Yeah, they might have to lie to you again, Tom. Yeah. Sorry, um, but that's you know that's 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 that that was pretty much it. Um, uh, Kako Demon's favorite game this generation was Doom. Sure, obviously. Uh, Kako Demon, uh, what did you think about Doom? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Sinead's was probably some fucking mobile game. We'll, so we'll get to that. The funny thing. About, <laughs> so here's, here's interesting. The interesting thing is I know for a fact that Sinead will never hear a single word that, that I'm about to say. Right. So, um, watch. She just walks in. Uh, hey guys. <laughs> uh, so I think let's say that she has five games. Right. Right. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts 2. Right. Kingdom Hearts 3. No, no, it's definitely Kingdom Hearts 3 because we're talking about current generation, right? Yeah, so Kingdom Hearts 3. Right. Uh, and then four Otomis. Hold on. Hold on. I can't think of a game you know, I, if you really liked uh, Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, sure. If you really liked that game, sure. I bet maybe she, that one. Yeah. Maybe if you like Breath, Breath of the, of the Wild, Wild a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I would put Breath of the Wild on my list as well. Sure. That was a lot of people's first Zelda game. Yeah. Uh, it might be the first one that I finish. You should finish it. Yeah. It's like it can be quite short. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I, I really wish she was here. I really wish she, I really wish that she had been around. But oh well, um, maybe she'll be here next time. Perhaps. Uh. So anyway, guys, thank you once again for being here and hanging out with us and listening to us talk about video games. It's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh. You can find us, like Shanae would say, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Not so much Twitter. Check out our Instagram. Yeah. It's been popping off. It's By been, popping off, I mean very slowly, but like... There's been popping. It's, it's been growing more than any of our other social platforms. Sure. It's 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 nice to see. Yeah. Um, if you're here from that, hello. Hello. Uh, I, I lost my train of thought. Bye. Oh, yeah. We'll see you next time, guys. Later. Bye. <laughs>